Talk Radio, music and podcasts from the Korean Peninsula. KoreaFM.net. Yana Lakarska is a freelance journalist and filmmaker based in Seoul, and her interest in Korean film and cinema history brings her to film festivals across the ROK. During the recent 17th Jeonju International Film Festival, she spoke with Korean-American director Andrew Ahn, who came to his parents' home country for the first time after more than 20 years to present his feature film debut, Spa Night, which was included in the World Cinemascape section of the festival. Shot in L.A. but with almost 70% Korean-language dialogue, it is the story of a young Korean-American boy named David who tries to cope with his parents' expectations towards his future and his own struggle with his sexuality. David's parents are forced to close the restaurant they have been running for years, and led by his desire to help them financially, he gets a part-time job at a jimjilbang in L.A.'s Koreatown. David soon finds out that the business is not only used as a traditional sauna, but also a place for gay men from different countries to meet and have sex. After working there, David realizes his own homosexuality, but with his parents fixated on his future and success, he finds himself at a dead end. The film's world premiere was at Sundance earlier this year, and Yana Lakarska began the interview by asking Spa Night director Andrew Ahn how different audiences have reacted to his film. So, Andrew, this is the first time that Korean audience saw your film, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a premiere in, in Korea, yes. in Jeonju. Yeah. How does it feel? Uh, it's really special um, in a lot of ways because... Um, you know, the film is so much about the sacrifices that Korean immigrants make, you know, in order to have families in a different country. Um, and David, the main character, you know, he feels that expectation of wanting to make that sacrifice worth it for his parents. Um, and so to be in Korea and to see the country that my parents sacrificed, you know, to have me in America is really um, emotional. Um, and while I've been here, I've kind of seen it from the other side of the, um, you know, the other side of the story, which is that it wasn't just my parents that sacrificed something, it was also their families in Korea who had sacrificed losing, you know, their sons and daughters, their brothers and sisters to a different country. and. And so, for me, showing the film here is a little bit like me telling that family, you know, the Korean audiences that, um, you know, we're working really hard to make their sacrifices worth it, too, you know. Was there the reaction here different to, to the other screenings? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's more questions here in Jeonju, um, uh, as opposed to festivals in the States. Um, there are more questions here about kind of the immigrant experience, um, whereas in um, the U.S., the, I think the questions are are much more about kind of the individual and growing and, um, you know, trying to, um, you know, reconcile these two different identities. So in some ways, the, the Korean audiences, it feels a little bit more um, uh, grand. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a bigger scale film, um, which is exciting for me. Um, 
because yeah. basically the, the film has kind of two storylines. Mm -hmm. One is his family sacrifice and the life that he, they have built up in, in the States. And on the other hand, we have David who is trying to find himself right. and in this concrete situation about finding his sexuality. Right. So maybe the in Korea you think that it's more about his family, like the, the life, and in, in the States it's more about him like finding himself? A little bit. I mean, I think that's, um, uh, that's kind of the general feeling that I get. Um, although, you know, I think for, for different audience members, you know, I, I think, um, you know, when I was at Sundance, all the gay press that I talked to, they were so interested in all the cruising and the hooking up and kind of the sexuality, sexuality elements of the mm -hmm. film. Um, you know, so, you know, even here in, in Korea, it's like having talked to a few um, of the queer Korean people who came to see the, the first screening, it was really exciting, you know, that they were really interested about, about the sexuality element as well. So, you know, I think in general that's very true, that I think the Korean audiences are really hooked to the family story, um, but, you know, I think it depends person to person. How much is the film related to, to your personal story? Uh, there's a lot. Um, you know, I think uh, it, it's almost like a different version of my life, mm -hmm. you know, um, because a lot of the, the same fears and anxieties that um, David goes through in the film are the, the fears and anxieties that I had um, growing up. Um, but, you know, a lot of the details are different, you know, so I'm not an only child, you know, I, um, I went to, you know, college, you know, so these elements are different, um, and it's kind of done that way for the sake of, you know, drama and kind of upping the stakes, but uh, I think emotionally it's, it's very personal. And how did you come with the idea about this, this spa? <laughs> so the spa, um, it happened when um, I was out to drinks with some friends, some gay friends, and one of my friends told me that he had a hot hookup with a guy in a steam room at a Korean spa in LA. And when I heard it, it was really shocking to me because the spa is such a family space, you know, it's very cultural. Um, so then to hear that it was also being used for, you know, hooking up in the gay community, like it kind of um, freaked me out, but it was also like kind of sexy. And I think that was, the, that was um, why I, I really wanted to make a film about it, because it felt like a really perfect um, kind of meeting point of my gay and my Korean identities. You know, it's like they met in this, um, location and so I just got really obsessed with um, wanting to tell the story about you know a young Korean American man trying to um, kind of find himself in this in this spa, in the in the Korean spa. Yeah, because it is such a traditional Korean place. Like the Jinju yeah. Ban is, is yeah. one of the most iconic symbols of Korean yeah. culture, and at the same time, him being so different. Yeah, it's it's a really um, it's a really fascinating um, kind of uh, what's the word um, consequence of like having you know in Los Angeles like a very big Korean community, but then also a very big gay community, and um, 
And I thought, you know, oh, like maybe it was just my friend, like it's just a one-off thing, but it's actually very prevalent at some spas in LA, you know, like it's, it's something that happens a lot. Um, and I think it's, um, you know, it's, it's a weird phenomenon, but, uh, you know, I think for David in the film, um, it's, it's kind of the way that it like shocks him to kind of start to realize his own sexuality. This is the first time that you're here in Korea in 20 years, I think? Yeah, 22 years. Yeah. How old are you now? I'm 30, so I came here when I was 8. So um, it's totally different, you know, like, the, the food I remember and, like, the, the landscape that I remember, it's totally different. Um, uh, and then also for me, it's just, um, you know, like, my, my Korean, actually, I think when I was 8 years old, my Korean was better than than my Korean now because, you know, I was speaking a lot more Korean when, when I was a kid. Um, so it, it, to me, it's, it's like a totally new experience. It's almost as if I've never been here before. So back, back home in the States, mm -hmm. because that's where your home is, yeah. you don't speak Korean that much? I don't. You know, I, I speak Korean with my family, with my parents, but it's pretty limited to like, you know. Everyday stuff. Yeah, it's like, like, you know, it's like things like that, you know, um, uh, things that I say to my, you know, my parents. Um, but, uh, you know, as I've been here, it's been really fascinating, like, what Korean slowly comes back to me. And, um, and, and, you know, I do have an advantage over some of the other filmmakers who are here who don't speak any Korean and can't read it. At least I can read it. And, you know, even if it's slowly, like, I know, okay, that's, like, I can get, like, uh, a tteokbokki, and I know what that is, <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, pulgokki, I know what that is, you know? So it's, it's been really fun. So the whole Korean community in L.A., mm -hmm. so you basically speak in English among yourself. Yeah, I mean, a lot of my Korean-American friends, and, and you see that in, in Spanet as well with um, the entire USC sequence. It's like, you know, uh, a lot of Korean Americans, second generation Korean Americans, they speak um, English to each other. Um, and they might drop a few words here and there where they're like, kombe, you know, like anything like that. Like, but, um, you know, it depends. I think some, some Korean Americans, they speak a lot more. You know, we have a lot of um, like 1.5 generation where, uh, you know, um, people grew up as kids here in Korea and then like moved to LA when they were 12 or 13, you know. Um, and that's what I find really fascinating about Spa Night, too, is that you see some shades of that. Like, there's the academy director, the Hagwon director, and he speaks English and Korean pretty fluently. Um, so it's, it's really fun for me to be able to show kind of the, the different levels of generation in the film. And how did you do the casting? Because you mentioned during the Q&A session that it wasn't easy. The casting was really tricky. I mean, um, you know, there are different obstacles. So um, one obstacle was um, just finding Korean-American actors, you know, um, which is complicated. I mean, there's a lot of Korean people in LA. You'd think that there'd be more actors, but they're not because a lot of um, Asian Americans who want to pursue acting give up because there's not enough roles, you know, it's like, or the roles are really 
you know, demeaning and kind of racist. Um, so, you know, that's, that's hard to find. And, you know, I had a lot of, um, you, you know, people give me advice where it's like, oh, well, maybe you should cast a Japanese person or a Chinese, you know, actor and, you know, they can just speak with an accent. And I was like, that's the worst idea I've ever heard because I really wanted it to feel authentic and part of that authenticity is the language, you know. I, I wanted to be able to, you know, show the film here in Korea and have people not be like, ooh, like that person's definitely like not Korean, like that would be such a shame. Um, and then the other issue was, um, you know, the subject matter that we were dealing with, um, queer issues, you know, I, I think it made people, um, it made some people uncomfortable, you know, like some of the actors, I had a young actor who auditioned for the role of David that I really liked, but, you know, he told me that his mom, um, you know, really didn't approve of, of the, the content of the film and that if he took the part, he would, um, she told him that he would have to go to Korea to, to go into hiding, you know, because the Korean American community in LA would be so upset about it, you know. So it's, it's, it's these challenges, um, you know, ultimately I felt like we found the best actors for this part and, and I'm, I'm so, so happy with the performances. Um, but it was very um, scrappy, you know, like uh, Mrs. Beck, the, um, the pushy church woman and the spa manager, um, you know, they are, they're non-actors, you know, they acted a long time ago, but they've had families and, you know, run businesses. And, you know, they're just um, friends of my parents that we were able to kind of rope in. And they were very happy to do it. They were very excited to kind of be in a movie and to be acting again. So it was really cool. Um, but, yeah, it was very, we had to be very resourceful. And from what I heard, the, the mother and the father, mm -hmm. both the, the actors who were in these roles, they, they're actually living here in Korea. Yes, yeah. How did you get into contact with them? Um, through uh, various different ways. So the mother, Hedy Kim, who I think is amazing, um, she acted in a film um, called West 32nd Street, um, which is a Korean-American film, and she did it when she was living in New York. Um, and I just went through IMDb and went through the cast list for that, and I saw that name, and I saw the headshot, and I was like, you know, she might be around the right age for this. And we just reached out, you know, we tried to find her. My casting director was really helpful there. And then Yun Ho Cho, who plays Jin, the father, um, he had acted in a short film that um, my producer and cinematographer had directed a few years ago. Um, and I saw that short film, and I thought he was really um, amazing in it. And I thought he really captured this kind of, gravitas, mm -hmm. this kind of um, seriousness. Um, so we reached out and he wasn't doing a play at the time and so we were really excited to bring him over. And there, were, there weren't any problems with the communication because like Hei Kim, she speaks English, right? So, so Hedy speaks English fluently, um, so it was very easy to work with her. Um, and then uh, Yan Ho Cho, his English is really limited and my Korean is not good enough to direct an actor in Korean. So, um, you know, thankfully he's a very patient man and he's, he's very generous. Um, and also 
his acting style and the character's um, kind of characteristic, they're very physical beings. You know, it's a very physical performance. So sometimes it was just about kind of miming an action as opposed to like giving a, a, a you know, a directing note. Um, but it was also, I had plenty of people on set who could help me translate. So Hedy, um, Joe Sa, who plays David, he speaks Korean as well. Um, my cinematographer and producer, Kijin, you know, so it was really, it was, a, it was a very good family environment. Oh, that sounds really, really good. <laughs> so, you started, the, the project started at Sundance? Yeah, so we went through the Sundance Screenwriters Lab in January 20, uh, June 2013, um, and I had been writing the script for about a year at that point. Yeah. So it's been a few years, but you know, in many ways, it's um, it feels like a long time, but it also feels kind of quick because uh, we were going kind of step by step. We never, I never felt like we had completely stalled and were, you know, uh, never going to make the movie. It, it was just kind of the steps took longer, but there were steps, so it felt like I was achieving something. And there was also screening at Sundance? Yeah, so we screened at Sundance just this past January, January 2016. Um, and it was, um, it was really cool. I mean, uh, I mentioned to the Chunju audience that, um, uh, you know, at Sundance we were in U.S. dramatic competition. And it's just so um, awesome that a U.S. festival would recognize a film that doesn't have, you know, like white actors you know, and the dialogue is like mostly non-English, you know, that they would recognize that as an American movie. I think that's really awesome. Um, and the audiences were really receptive and people came up to me and I was really um, moved by how many people, um, you know, were telling me about how they connected to the characters, even if they weren't queer or they weren't Korean American, you know, that they could still find something that they could relate to. Because it, it's a, it's something that applies to everybody. The moment that we need to kind of grow up and mm -hmm. follow our own way, yeah, we have to kind of face our parents and tell them, yeah. well, I don't want to be a doctor as you wanted me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I think it's a very universal story. It's this kind of story about you know like finding finding yourself, um, and and obviously this is within a very specific context. But um, you know, I think that's the cool thing about film is like, oh, like we're human beings and we can, we can um, sympathize with each other. How did you find your own way? How did you find your way towards cinema? Um, it was very, uh, uh, it was kind of a surprise for me. So when I went to college, I studied biology because I was going to be a doctor. You know, I was going to be a good <laughs> Korean boy and become a doctor. Um, and when I was in college, I realized that you know, even though I was doing well in my biology classes, it just wasn't something I was passionate about, and I didn't want to be a dispassionate doctor. It's like, you know, you're dealing with people's lives. Um, and I, uh, I started taking film classes. Um, I didn't major in it because, uh, you know, it was too much work, but it was enough to kind of um, get a taste, and, and so after I graduated college, I decided, you know, I should go to film school because it was it was the thing that I was most curious about. It, it kind of sustained my attention. Um, 
you know, because I was still kind of trying to figure out, like, well, what kind of films do I want to make, and how do you make them? Um, so I went to CalArts for grad school, um, and it was, it was there that I slowly started to kind of um, uh, marry, you know, my own personal development, you know, coming out as a gay man um, with my creative development, and it, it, it just made work that I, I felt really strongly about, and, and also, um, you know, was uh, fulfilling for me, you know, like I, I enjoyed doing that work, and, and so that level of, of satisfaction has really carried me through, you know, all the way up until today, and will can continue to, you know. And this is your first feature? This is my first feature. So I made two short films, um, and then Spa Night is my first feature. And how did your parents react? Yeah, I mean, my, my parents, you know, I came out to my parents in 2011, um, and, uh, and this is kind of the dirty little secret about my, my last short film was that I had cast my family in the film without telling them what the movie was about, and it's about a gay Korean-American man, and then I showed them the film to come out to them. Um, and so I think they've always, you know, seen my, my filmmaking tied to my sexuality. And, and so, you know, I think they're, they're really happy that I've found a lot of success with my filmmaking so far. Um, uh, you know, and they're very personally very um, accepting of, of, of who I am um, and my sexuality. Um, you know, it still makes them a little bit uncomfortable, especially when you're talking about like Korean American or Korean audiences. They get a little bit scared, but um, you know, I think they have a confidence in me that I'm able to kind of deal with any sort of you know resistance or criticism that I get. Um, but yeah, my mom. She was like, you know, for your next movie, you could make an action film or <laughs> you can make a, a comedy, you know. I, so I think they're kind of itching for me to try something different, but, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to, they're, they've been super supportive. So it's a kind of a happy ending. In, in a lot of ways, yeah. I mean, like for me, um, uh, you know, my, my personal life, I, I, I do feel like, um, I'm in a very good place, you know, emotionally, um, you know, in terms of my sexuality, you know, I have loving parents and, you know, I, I think that I've come a long way. Um, and I think it's because I'm healthy with it that I'm able to make these movies where I go back to these kind of darker, harder, more complicated moments. And so, um, you know, I, I really do hope that when audiences see Spa Night, that yes, you know, this character and this family, they're going through a hard time, um, but that there's always going to be this kind of um, sense of, of hopefulness and um, a looking forward to the future, you know, that um, the that, that audiences walk away with. And since you came to, to Chonjo, did you have a chance to talk to, to Korean filmmakers? Um, oh gosh, who have I talked to so far? Um, uh, I very briefly said hello to a few in kind of bad Korean, but um, I, I've been watching um, you know, a, a few films I saw. Um, uh, it's a feature in Korean competition 
Um, is the lesbian film. Okay. Um, a love story? Our love yeah, story? Yeah, Our Love Story, oh, um, which, I, which I really enjoyed. And you know, I wanted to see it because it's a queer story. And um, I also saw that the documentary Wursum um, mm -hmm. um, about the Jeju Island um, divers, which I really loved. Um, and then I saw a shorts program, the Korean competition shorts program, um, number four. It has a... It has, it has a friend of mine, his film is in it, um, Kangman Kim. He has a, a short film called um, Um And so it was really, it, it, was, it was an all Korean movie, all day kind of thing for me yesterday. So it was really, it was cool. You know, I, I really enjoyed watching the, the movies. So do you, do you plan, do you, would you like to work with, with a bigger Korean crew or maybe shoot here in Korea? I would love to. You know, I, I do think that... Um, uh, what makes films really fascinating is kind of a level of uh, um, specificity and and insight into you know uh, a situation or a location or a context. Um, I think if I ever made a film here in Korea, it would still kind of be from an outsider's perspective because I'm not a, a local, you know. Um, I, I think I would feel like a fraud if I tried to make a movie that, that made me feel like a local. Um, and so, uh, you know, I would love to. I think it's still going to be told kind of from a foreigner's perspective. Um, but I think that that could be interesting, um, especially because I'm a foreigner in ways and I'm, I'm not in other ways. Um, and so it's that kind of gray area complexity that, you know, could be really interesting. So I would love to. I just need to figure out, you know, like, What's the story, and and when can I make it, and and how do how do I find money for it? <laughs> oh, I wish you good luck. Thank you. And thank you for this wonderful interview. Yeah, of course, I had a lot of fun. This year, the 17th Jeonju International Film Festival had a special focus on documentary films, and the festival's organizing committee created a special award for the best documentary screened. One of the films that competed for the award, and also an entry from the Korean competition section, was Mrs. B a North Korean woman. Mrs. B, or Madame B as she is known in France, lives in China after fleeing North Korea with the help of illegal traffickers. And while living with her new husband, a Chinese farmer, Mrs. B has herself become a drug and human trafficker in order to earn money for her North Korean family. Yana Lakarska spoke with the Busan-born but French-educated director Jero Yoon about the four years he spent working on the film, which is itself a co-production between France and South Korea. So the name of the movie that we saw in Chonjo, Madame B, a North Korean woman, can you tell us who is she? Mrs. Z, Mrs. B is a woman, Madame B is a woman uh, who I met uh, in China three years ago. And during this time, um, I uh, I went to China for my personal research about uh, my words, about the Korean situation, North and South, and also uh, uh, the people, especially about the people, North Korean refugees. Uh, about them, um, I'm working for more than five years now, so I met many people. 
but Mrs. B, she was very special case because uh, she was a smuggler and she uh, smuggled the people, North Korean refugees, but also the women and also drugs. And but it was for her family, for her. In fact, she did everything for save her family, her two, her two sons. And I met her in China three years ago, and because she introduced me uh, those current refugees for take interview. But time by time, she became protagonist in this movie, and I decided to make a film about her. And now it's already three years. And you said that uh, she has also two families. Yes. How is this possible? Uh, how it's possible? It's possible. <laughs> That's why I was more interesting about her case because many North Korean women, especially women, uh, you know, when women sold in Chinese family okay. after they uh, escape North Korea. It's very usual uh, cases for every North Korean refugees, especially for women, not for men, it's different. But whatever, every woman escape North Korea, they spend some time in Chinese family for survive, and then they go out for different reason, but her case it was very different because she stayed for nine years with the Chinese family. It was very special because in other cases, all the time is one year after or just six months later or two months later, they just go out, go away somewhere, and come to South Korea. So she had basically a family that was that was still in North Korea that she was yes. supporting and in the same time she she had a kind of a Chinese husband yes because she was sold to Chinese family by another smuggler because when she was she was sold she wasn't smuggler she was just like everyone like a refugee yes and then she so she met her Chinese husband for the first time, and but she, in this film anyway, they, it's it's talk about that she, she just wanted to stay one year for earn the money and then go back to North Korea to take care of her North Korean family, but she changed after one year. So time by time, um, she finally decided to stay with Chinese family because her Chinese husband, he was very kind. He said, well, you're a gentleman. I, I, know, I know him and very gentleman. So, but she wanted to save uh, uh, her North Korean family one day. So she finally she became smuggler to earn money 
because she needs money if she wants to save her Chinese, uh, those Korean family from North Korea. Because she needs money, she became smuggler. And some years after, she organized everything for so, them to for them to come to South Korea. Yes. So when she finished this mission for her, one day it was uh, so. The film it begin by this story because I met her uh, at this moment. Yes. So she wanted to go to South Korea for new life in Seoul, but she she what she she didn't want to live with uh, her North Korean family. So she wanted to live with uh, uh, her Chinese uh, husband. Because finally, it's I, I I think it's not love, but it's something different. It's between love and maybe something I can't explain. But it's close to love, to yes. to, to friendship, real friendship, and like partnership in yes. a marriage. Yes. So finally, she decided to bring her Chinese husband to until South Korea for you know getting an apartment and live uh, around of her two sons and her North Korean family but not with them but with her Chinese husband it was her dream when I met her it was three years ago and you you have footage in which you are following her on her way from China to, to South Korea, which was a really long way, not just straight taking the plane from China straight to South Korea. How did you get this footage on, on a bus going to ho the whole of China? So, as I said last time um, in Jeonju Film Festival, uh, about Mrs. B, Madame B, it wasn't, I, I, I just want to do, you know, uh, it was just um, researching time for me, so I didn't realize it was very important moment to shoot or whatever for make a movie. But when she told me she now she will she will leave to South Korea from China, I realized that she really is going so and then I tried I, I, I just asked her so I can go with her and she said yes you can go you can come with me and but I'm South Korean so I can you know maybe it can be different for me not for you you know what happened but I don't know what happened it might be dangerous yes and but she said don't worry i will be with you and i can protect you if you want to go with me so and then but at this moment i didn't i i didn't have a good camera whatever so i have just a iphone and just small uh, camera so i so every footage what that I you saw mm -hmm. it's from uh, iPhone and small camera. I cannot believe it. It was 
it was so good. <laughs> so, you know, it's just improvising, you know, because uh, I, I didn't really prepare whatever for. I didn't know it can be a movie after. It was three years ago. Yeah. Were you scared at some point during this this trip on the bus with all those other North Korean refugees? Were you scared? Ah. Sometimes, yes, some moment, of course, because it's um, um, some, you know, during some days we, we couldn't eat and we must walk, walk and walk, walk, and or we must change the car, we change the many cars, because uh, each area you will meet different smuggler mm. so you must whatever normally you pay yes for that so i paid for to i i paid my uh, travel my trip until thailand so anyway and so she so madam b organized everything for my trip so i was like a north korean refugee but with the uh, with the North Korean group, Madame B presented introduced me to them. I am South Korean, but I want to, I I didn't want to lie to them. So I really wanted to, to start as South Korean, and I say yes, I have camera, whatever. Yes, I am. I will go with that with you. And first time did they. You know they didn't trust me, but because it was Miss Madame B uh, introduced everything. I am filmmaker and whatever, and and then I spent many time with them, and time by time they trust me and they you know help me sometimes. I wish you good luck for Khan and hopefully to hear some good news after you come back from Cannes. Thank you. You can find more reports from Jana Lakarska on the time she spent at the Jeonju International Film Festival at hangukyonghua.com. For koreafm.net, I'm Chance Dorland.